got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, and all the Elite Wrestling Podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Sev. Afternoon, Brian. Afternoon, AEW Galaxy. I've got a stable that I am super proud of this week, but you'll also have to bear with me while I reel it off. This week, we're going with Jack Perry in his attire, Matt Hardy in a singlet, Big Bill with Big Bill as his manager, and then Gold Dust when he's full of himself. They are Perry Lynn, Harvey D, Big Bill Alfonso, and Dust Incredible. Cool. <laughs> ECW 2.0. No. <laughs> Oh, shit. I was hoping you were going to try to call them the impact players somehow. (laughs) Oh, man. Because I think they were all in... No, Dustin wasn't an impact, was he at all, ever? Yeah, yeah. Dustin was. He was Black Rain, wasn't he? Oh, that's right. He was. Terrible gimmick. He was. They all were in impact. They are impact players. They are, yeah. Apart from Jack Perry. That's true. That's true. He's not been there. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yep, that was enjoyable. Special shout out to Occam's Laser <laughs> for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment to do us a favor be so kind as well. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you chose to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload HD Forks Wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zancoon. Seb, do we have anything major news-wise to talk about? I don't think there's been a whole lot, but uh, you did tell me about a little story just before we started recording that I think worth mentioning. Uh, about Aliel Del Vikingo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure what has happened here because information is not trickling out as fast as I would hope when somebody is potentially injured, but the final Triple Mania 31 event, which was in Mexico City, took place yesterday, and the semi-main event was Elio Delavikingo defending the AAA mega title against Speedball Mike Bailey, Daga, and Jack Cartwheel, and he did retain. However, after the match, when Vikingo went backstage, he, at some point, and I don't know if it was immediately after or just sometime after, but he collapsed backstage, and there has been footage shared on social media of him being loaded up onto a stretcher, and a translated caption apparently states that he wasn't feeling well after his match before he collapsed to the ground. And he was taken to some local medical facility, but there's been no updates since he was taken to that facility. And that's a little concerning. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So thoughts and prayers. I hope he's doing all right. Uh, I hope it's nothing too serious. Yeah. I hope so, man, because he's incredible. And I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe he was exhausted, right? Maybe this style of of in-ring action and performances just caught up to him um, and and maybe just collapsed out of exhaustion. But I don't know. I don't know. So I I am going to be obviously waiting and watching to see when updates come in because I do hope he's all right. I hope he's okay. Like, I don't want to see anything bad happen there to him or, you know, you never want to think the worst. So... Mm 
Um, but other than that, yeah, there hasn't really been a ton of news that I've seen come out this week. I did see that uh, Jay Uso quote unquote quit WWE. <laughs> yeah, he did it. He did it in uh, SmackDown. So I'm guessing it's storyline based. Oh, it's a hundred percent storyline based. But I saw people, oh, J J E. W just like we were saying when Jay White <laughs> came to AEW, JEW, but no, no, that's just pure storyline. Uh, the other thing actually may be worth mentioning, uh, Nigel McGuinness is prepping for an in-ring return. He did, yeah. So um, Has to be for all in, right? I'd have thought so, but we're like we're like two weeks away now, so they kind of need to uh, announce that. I know he did say he wanted to wrestle uh, Brian Danielson, but that's obviously not on the cards. Clam Digger Danielson? Clam Digger Danielson. What the hell does Clam Digger mean over in the UK? I don't know. We don't even, I don't, I don't even know if we get clams. Like clam chowder, that's like <laughs> New England, isn't it? Like yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Who really get clams over here? I don't know what a clam digger is. I thought it was like some maybe some like derogatory term you guys used. I, no, I've never heard it before. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, that's all right. Um, yeah, just kind of scrolling through. I don't really see anything else that uh, jumps out to me that is newsworthy. I'm sure there's been a few things that we're probably skipping over, but uh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, we're I not a news, we're not a news on, podcast. Uh, no, I can give an update on Eric Young if you want. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that several weeks ago and then never actually shared how he managed to survive getting shanked in the prison or whatever. Yeah, so... Um, uh, episode of impact maybe like a week or two ago now uh he was like oh, i'll reveal later on what happened to me and then the the closing segment of the show was this video package and it like it replayed the part of eric young getting stabbed in the chest and then uh dina walking out and then it cut back to eric young and then like 10 seconds later he sort of like opens his eyes and coughs a bunch of blood up and then he he just sort of like he crawls out of the prison gets on his motorbike puts his puts his helmet on puts his big goggles on it looks very very silly um and then he just starts driving down the road and then we get this like monologue and basically the crux of it is like you can kill a man you can break a body but you can't kill an idea i am the idea and then he just drives <laughs> off uh, okay <laughs> so yeah eric young didn't die and he did just disappear for a few months and then come back but apparently he's an idea so he's not killable okay he's like energy right can't be created or destroyed yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, man, the other thing we should mention, because it was confirmed this past week, AEW will now have more fans in attendance at Wembley than WWE did for SummerSlam 92. It did, wasn't it? Like 79,136, and AEW's is now 79,346 or something. Yeah, close enough. Those two numbers are close enough. But yeah, AEW currently is like... 200 additional tickets more than what WWF at the time had for SummerSlam 92. They inflated their numbers because I think Wikipedia reports SummerSlam 92 at like 83 or 84,000 fans. So okay. WWE is very well known for inflating their numbers, right? Like I think for WrestleMania one year, they said they had over 100,000 there and that's not the case. But um, they, they're just known for inflation. But yeah, yeah, AEW has passed what they did at Wembley and could potentially, um, you know, set the all-time attendance record if they sell out. And there's still time, right? We're getting close. I, there's not much time left. Where as of time of recording, we are two weeks away, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I actually forgot All In being in the UK was going to be like super early in the day. So that's kind of cool, at least for me. For you, it's normal time, right? Five o'clock, I think six o'clock your time, something like that. 
Like yeah, it's, it's normal time happening. over there. Yeah. But over here for me, zero hour starts at fucking noon and the main show will start at one o'clock. So this will be the first one we record that you don't have to stay up till like five in the morning to do after the show ends. Exactly. It's going to be lovely. <laughs> for our looking back at in two weeks. Yep. Oh, man. Okay. Well, Dynamite 200 was two weeks ago. And Dynamite 201 was this week, was not the best follow-up to Dynamite 200. Shall we get in and start running down last week's AEW content? Yep, let's do it. All right, kicking off with Dynamite. This was at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. You and I sat down and ranked seven things. You have the lows, I have the highs, since you have the segments. Go ahead and kick us off, number seven. So I think number seven for me is going to be the JSA mandatory meeting. Okay, I had that. Oh, man. So I don't know how I feel about this dynamite. It's going to take me talking about it with you to really give a star rating on this. I don't have an assigned star rating yet, but I'm not sold on this dynamite. I think it was very, very average compared to Dynamite 200 that you and I unanimously gave five stars to. Um but I'm not going to change my rankings. I'm going to go with what I put at the end of Dynamite. I gave that three. So that's like your number no- three spot? My number three spot, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's much higher than I thought it would have been for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much the same. I have got a, a star uh, rating assigned for mine, but I've, I've been back and forth on it like two or three times. I am also not overly sold on this Dynamite. don't think it was the best, but nevertheless, the JAS meeting was number seven for me. Beginning um, of the I show, think- too. Kick off dynamite yeah yeah i think uh with garcia's did nice little uh like you never chose me sort of promo you always chose chose yourself never chose me um hager was passable on the mic yeah he didn't do bad reminded jericho that he liked his hat he did um anna jay and tay did okay um cool hand probably did the best out of the um oh cool hand stole the show dude like he stole the segment yeah and then um menard did okay he did like name drop kevin steen and stuff which was pretty cool um and then we got to sammy and sammy sammy was like i'm not saying i quit but i don't know um if jericho changes his ways he'll stick around if he doesn't then he's off right he was the only one to tell jericho he was still like i consider you a friend sort of a thing right everyone else basically said i'm done we're out uh it did seem like at the end of this segment that the jericho appreciation society had had you know imploded right had disbanded and then immediately after so i think my biggest issue with dynamite this past wednesday is there were only four matches first of all like this was a very light dynamite in terms of in-ring wrestling action And it was very, very heavy on backstage segments and video packages. So after this segment ended, we go backstage and Renee Paquette is catching up with Jericho, who's walking off looking kind of, you know, distraught. And Don Callis comes up and Jericho's like, you know what? I I got an answer for you and I'll let you know next week on Dynamite. And they even tease that more. I don't know if you watched Rampage this past Friday. I did not, man. But Jericho on commentary uh, also kind of playing into the storyline a bit more with, uh, I think it was Excalibur talking about how Sammy didn't walk out on him, so to speak. And Jericho was like, well, that's because Sammy is the only one that knows what it takes to be a star. Right. So there he's throwing shade at everyone else in the Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't know where this storyline particularly will culminate on, on Dynamite. I mean, I think the obvious is... 
the rumored match between Jericho and Osprey at All In, mm-hmm. which Osprey not technically in the Don Callis family, but Don Callis did help Osprey win the IWGP US title from Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door 2. So there is, you know, a, a thread that connects everything together in Don Callis. But I don't know, man. We'll have to see where it goes. I really hope they don't come back and Jericho's like, oh, we're going to get all back together because that just wouldn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I think regardless of what happens now, I think the JAS is pretty much done, isn't it? We can't sort of rebuild that stable now. It would seem to be the case. But yeah, uh, that was my my number three. Um, I think I put it so high because I was impressed overall by everybody on the mic, right? Like, usually you give Hager a mic, he sucks. Usually yeah. you give Anna Jay a mic and it's atrocious. Same thing with Ty Mello. You give her a mic and it's not something that you want to listen to with your ears. You wish you were deaf. <laughs> um, but they all did good. You're right. Like everybody actually were was passable. 2.0 definitely, like you said, stole the show. Daddy Magic, um, Cool Hand Ange, they, they did phenomenal, as they usually do. They need more mm-hmm. mic time. They just need more mic time because they are so good on the mic. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it and I want to see where it goes. I want to see fair, where it goes. Ready for number one from me. Yeah, go on then. I bet I know what it is. Do you? I think so. I don't think you do. Okay. Number one for me is the in-ring segment with MJF and Adam Cole. Okay, no, no. That was that was my number three. Okay, that was your number three. Okay. I thought this was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sort of lumping in the Kind of, right? There was a another thing with MJF and Adam Cole prior to this segment taking place in the ring. They had another, like, video package that played with them going to a trampoline. Uh, what was it, like a trampoline park? Yeah. And playing or MJF playing dodgeball with a bunch of kids and he, you want me to play with kids? I'll play with kids. And, <laughs> and just takes the just destroys them with all with dodgeballs. This little girl walks up and flips them off. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, um yeah. super enjoyable. And then of course we get to the in-ring segment and they start talking about like you know their match which they're doing again this week it's probably going to be the same fucking segment for the most part but uh they start talking about their match coming up at all in and mjs like oh you want to have a you want to have a promo battle okay like a like a battle off and you're so skinny and pale at if this was the 80s, Hogan would have snorted you. fucking stellar line, to be fair. Oh, my God. He starts talking about, he goes up to the corner, my name, Adam, and something like he was just making fun of him. And then starts to call him like a noodle, noodle armed or noodle something bitch. And then MJF or Adam Cole finally cuts him off as I did. I don't want to have a promo battle with you or anything like that. And then basically goes on to start talking about how sweet it would be if they walked into the main event of All In to battle for the AEW world title also as tag team champions. So, right, they start talking about how they didn't capture the AEW tag titles from FTR, but there is another set of tag titles that is very near and dear to Adam Cole's art, those being the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And they set up a match for zero hour. So, you know, the hour before All In will take place with Ozzy Open going to defend the Ring of Honor tag titles against MJF and Adam Cole. 
I like this. I like this a lot, actually, because you and I were just talking last week. We were hoping Aussie Open would be on the pay-per-view somewhere. They deserve to be there. I don't want them to lose those tag titles to MJF and Adam Cole, who are not actually in Ring of Honor, though. Yeah, I, to be fair, I think this will all be like to sow the seeds of dissension. Like, they won't win those titles, and they'll kind of not fall out with each other, but be sort of aggro towards each other, and then be like, oh, no, we'll hug it out, we'll sort that sort of thing. And that will be the storyline that leads us all the way through the pay-per-view, if you get me. Okay. So then we eventually get to the main event, and one of them turns on the other one. That's fair. I hope that's actually is what happens because otherwise the alternative is you know they defeat Ozzy Open become the new ROH tag champs and I can't picture MJF being on fucking Ring of Honor for anything so if they become tag champs it they would probably hold those titles until the next pay-per-view for Ring of Honor right like MJF's not going to just show up and defend them every single week like Ring of Honor has been doing every show they do they usually put most of their titles on the line yeah, to be fair, during the during the promo, MJF was um, quote unquote pissed that he has to wrestle more than once a year. Yeah, so he was quite annoyed that he was asked to wrestle twice in one night. Um, so yeah, I don't think he get go getting him in ROH to be honest. No, I, I I hope not. Like I said, Aussie Open, they're a fantastic tag team. They don't deserve to just drop the titles for a storyline thing like this. They should kind of keep them and keep running with them because they're great. But then eventually we had little bitch Roderick Strong walk out, <laughs> who. I guess is doing the role he's meant to do perfectly, but it is annoying me immensely. Okay. He sounds very whiny and very much like a spoiled child. Mm-hmm. Adam! Adam! <laughs> so stupid. Comes out screaming for him and says, you were never my friend. The kingdom was right. And then Taven and uh, Bennett walk out and he kind of cry. Uh, you know, Roger Strong starts like crying into I think it was Taven's chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they walked off. Um, Adam Cole obviously upset because MJF had just run down Roderick Strong on the mic, uh, completely destroyed him on the mic, to be fair. And then Cole shoves MJF and, you know, he's like, that's my friend, too. You're my friend, but he's my friend. And you kind of pointing fingers in his chest and MJF starting to get a little pissed off. Cole backs away. So, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I apologize. I need to go talk to, to Roderick Strong. It goes back there and we never saw anything else about it. Yeah, we didn't. Usually when this type of shit happens, we get an update later on in the night. Yeah. But we yeah, had zero updates. Backstage or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zero updates. But... In terms of an entertaining segment, this is the thing that I had the most fun watching last Wednesday night. Be fair. I can see that. I can see that. Right. Number six for me is going to be the Mogul Embassy promo. That was number six for me as well. Yeah. I thought this was okay. Um, I thought it did exactly what it needed to do. Um, the only thing I've really had an issue with is the fact that we've got sort of like a Darby Allen in two storylines and it could realistically just be someone else. Yeah, yeah, because he's tied he's tied up with this, right? Probably setting this is setting up a match for all in, right? Mm-hmm. So we're getting a tag match, Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve and AR Fox. Which sick, right? That's a that's a dope match. Um, yeah. I like it's that. A coffin it's, match. Yeah, coffin match. So I think that might be the first tag team coffin match we've potentially seen. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Darby in a storyline for the TNT title because it all out he's getting a title shot. Yeah, so it makes me think at this point they should have just given the TNT title shot to somebody else um, and let Darby Swerve do Darby Swerve and Nick Wayne, Ar Fox and Sting do their thing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, in a different way. 
Yeah, but you're right. It was a passable segment. Like it was nice. To, I, I said, dude, the Mogul Embassy is legit now. Like totally Anoa coming out in his fucking like traditional attire with the the skirt on, like the you know the Islander attire type shit. Like mm-hmm. they're a pretty cool looking faction now. Yeah, yeah. And, and Prince Nana, man, how great is Prince Nana? Every single week, he was very good. Yeah, yeah. Every single week, it this yeah this was enjoyable though. I do think. It's crazy, right? AR Fox went from Ring of Honor, random ass trios matches, to now marquee match at All In in front of 80 plus thousand fans. Right. And all it took was swerve. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad it was the right move. It was definitely very the much right so, move, the right move. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and, and still just goes to show that Swerve was by far the star of that faction over in, what was that faction over at WWE? Top, not Top Dollar, was it? Top Dollar was in it, but it was something with him in there with, what's her name, B-Fab and... B-Fab, B-Real. Somebody else. Um, so I, bet I bet there's people shouting at the podcast now. No, yeah, well, that's because we don't watch WWE that often to remember this shit, but Swerve was, you know, he was the star of that group because they're floundering over there in WWE still since they brought them back. Um, hit money hit row hit row hit row yeah there we go we got that that was it No angry tweets in the comments saying that's wish stupid. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we got there. We got there. We got there. But yeah, we had Sting come back. You know, we got to hear Tony Schiavone do his it's Sting. And uh, Sting's still alive. This is the first time we've seen him since he damn near killed himself jumping through a table onto <laughs> who? Who did he jump onto the table through? I don't even remember. Was it Swerve? May have been Swerve. I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah, that was my number six as well. Uh, number two for me is probably what you thought my number one was going to be. And that's Jack Perry defending the FTW title against Rob Van Dam. Yeah, to be fair, num- number one for me, RVD versus Perry. Then, yeah. Oh, that's your number one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was my number two. Um, thought about giving it my number one, but I did think that MJF Adam Cole had a, a much more entertaining segment. In terms of wrestling, by far, this was the best match of the night inside the ring. Rob Van Dam, dude, even though he tripped up on his split-legged moonsault, he still recovered and pulled it off. Mm-hmm. But everything else he did was absolutely fluid. How is he able to still do the shit? Like his, you know, apron, um, not springboard, but like twisting leg drop when someone's draped across the barricade, the, the rolling thunder. Dude, he could yeah, still yeah. do everything he used to do 20 years ago. He doesn't look 52. I said in Discord, he looks 30. Fair, fair. But yeah, home fuckballs, that spinning leg drop off the apron uh, when he hit Jack Perry. Jack Perry was like slightly up. So obviously, like he collided and then Jack hit the uh, hit the barricade. So that looked super nasty. Uh, yeah, cool. I really enjoyed Jack Perry coming out in like the Jerry Lynn sort of attire. I like the back. look. I Dude, I really like the look. Yeah, like the new ring gear that he was wearing pants that was black and yellow. Um, his hair was styled a bit different. He actually looked like a heel and he actually looked good. Yeah, yeah. He's turning it around. Yeah, yeah. Always knew he could. Yeah. And and thankfully, the uh, Ohio natives, I will say, um, Ohio doesn't have the best crowds for wrestling events. I've said that before and I'll always continue to say it. (laughs) And I don't think the crowd at Dynamite was all that strong. Right. Okay. I think they were very, very silent and boring for a lot of the show. However, I think Dynamite was also boring for a lot of the show. But they did actually sing along to walk from Pantera, and that made me happy. Ohio, one of the states that ECW used to travel heavily to. A lot of their pay-per-views, a lot of their events back in the mid and late 90s were in Ohio since, you know, Ohio's right next to PA. 
So yeah. they used to hit up Ohio all the time for shows. I, I doubt a lot of the same fans probably aren't still watching, but Ohio was always a good state for ECW. So it was nice to see RVD get the reception that he did in front of an Ohio crowd. Um, he can still go 52. He's younger than some of the people that are still going in the AEW roster. I hope we haven't seen the last of him. Knowing what he can do in the ring now, he he shouldn't be there every week, right? Like, he can't be a weekly guy because he'll get fucking tired really, really quick. But yeah. sign him, bring him in every now and then, put him in a program or just even random matches with people. He can still put on a good show, and he gets a big pop when he comes out. And that's kind of the shit that you want. Yeah, because you use him in, like, a sting roll, just, like, wheel him out every now and again. It's RVD! <laughs> Everyone lights up their joints in the crowd. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when the, when the lights go black, it's not phone lights. It's just like a bunch of bifters going off. It's just everybody <laughs> taking puffs of their fucking <laughs> joints, lighting up the arena. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, but Jack Perry did win. However, he won the way you and I were hoping he would. And it was by, quote unquote, cheating, right? He hit a low blow, yeah, yeah. did a roll up. RVD technically had the win. There was a weird ref bump. In an FTW title match that has no rules. Um, however, the ref bump involved a chair being sabooed into the referee. A bit when By being sabooed, I mean like tossed across the ring. And yeah, after yeah. it hit the ref, it got stuck on the ropes. It did. <laughs> and that's all Taz could talk about. He's like, that was cool and all, but man, I can't get over the chair being stuck on the rope like that. I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen that. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, RVD hit the five-star frog splash, which, you know, d it didn't have the same movement as it used to when he was younger, but it still looked cool. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see any Van, Tamin Van Daminators or Van Terminators, which makes me sad. He went for it once. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't actually connect with the Van Daminator, um, which makes me think that he's not done, right? Like, I have a feeling we will see him again. At least I hope we do. He did do a backstage thing with Jerry Lynn that was on AEW's, like, social media accounts and didn't seem like he was going to be done. So I do hope we see him stick around for a bit. Um, but RBD went for the cover. Obviously, the ref is out cold. Aubrey eventually ran down, counted the two. Jack Perry kicked out. That's when the low blow happened and he rolled him up and got the win. So at least it was not a clean victory because that was the only way that Jack Perry should have been able to defeat RVD. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, yeah cool. back to you. Back to me already. Okay. Um, number five for me is going to be the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. It's number five for me as well. Yeah, I think this was, I think the Hardys were a little sloppy at the beginning of this match. I did too. Um, and then it just became evident there was like, I know I know there's a big age difference between the two, but it became evident like that there was a huge skill gap is the term I'm going to use between like the Bucks and the Hardys. Um, it felt more like the Bucks were wrestling to the Hardys level, if you get me. Yeah, they had to slow down and kind of be at the same pace. Otherwise, it would have been very disjointed. Yeah, yeah, but... Crowd was definitely split 50-50 for both teams, though. Yeah, from, from what I can recall of the crowd chance, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think the nicest spot or the most reckless spot was Jeff Hardy getting kicked out from off top ropes. Um, that was quite fun. That was probably my favorite bit. Made me wince a little, but yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah, Matt Jackson super kicked Jeff's legs out from underneath him off the top rope. He did land hard on the back of his head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, eventually, shortly thereafter, we would get uh, a BTE trigger on Matt Hardy to get the win. They 
they the Bucks did have a nice callback during this match to the Dudleys when they hit a 3D onto Jeff Hardy. And Taz was even like freaking out. He's like, I'm pretty sure that was a 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Which was kind of cool to see um, after the match, right? Both teams kind of shaking hands and Brandon Cutler even spraying the cold spray on both Matt and Jeff Hardy as like a, a sign of good faith. And then Nick Jackson gets on the mic after the match, calls out FTR, their music hits. They come down to the ring. Kind of cool seeing them on. We haven't seen them on Dynamite, I think, since Collision debuted. Yeah. Um, so they were back on Dynamite and, you know, CM Punk was probably watching and furious that his boys were over there on the Elite show. <laughs> right. But they did accept the challenge. So literally Nick Jackson said FTR, FTR walks out, they stare at each other and then they said all in. They said four words during that entire exchange. <laughs> But uh, they did confirm the tag match for the pay-per-view at Wembley Stadium, which should be good. Should be a very good match. Yeah, should be a very good match. Uh, But this match was relatively slow at times. It was not the best. And Jeff, again, man, like with his swanton that he hit, it was another scary swanton. (laughs) It almost didn't seem like he was going to rotate around all the way. That's fair. That's fair. One day it'll get him. One day it probably will get him. It really probably will. But I have two things left, as you do as well. Um, my number seven and my number four are left. Okay, I've got my number two and my number four left. Okay, I'm very curious. God damn it, what did you put at seven, Brian? <laughs> well, obviously one of these two things. And I think it should be pretty obvious what I put at number seven. Uh, I'm on the highs, right? Yeah, my number four is John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli taking on the Lucha Bros. God damn it. Okay, yeah, number two for me was the BCC versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah, this was a pretty good tag match. Um, I didn't take any notes for this one. I told you before we sat down that uh, by the second half of Dynamite, I was pretty exhausted and stopped typing things as it was happening, hoping that I would just remember some things about the matches when you and I sat down to talk about them. Um, However, the only thing I actually remember, outside of this being an enjoyable match, there was a lot of back and forth, but... uh, the only thing I actually remember was that they unmasked Penta. They did. Which allowed Mox to roll him up to get the win. Which I feel like we've seen that so many times, right? They they yeah. pull off a mask and then the person with the mask on doesn't want their face to be seen so they don't do anything else after they get attacked and they get rolled up and get pinned. Like It's a spot that it's not becoming common, but it's common enough when you are wrestling against a luchador. But my God, another fucking roll up, dude. Like we got, we get roll ups all the damn time. We do. I've said uh, many times before, I'm not a fan of the mask play. Like they're pulling, they're trying to rip the mask off or ripping the mask off. It just annoys me because I think it takes away from the match. But um, yeah, there was a funny part at the beginning where I think a mock started bleeding, and then the commentary team was like, "Mox is bleeding. I don't know why." And they were like, "Yeah, it's yeah, day with a why, isn't it?" And then they were t- <laughs> trying to explain to each other why Mox might be bleeding. Um, we get some muta interference uh we got a nice phoenix ducking from the doomsday device into a victory roll and then to a double stomp that was cool um i do have to shout a mox doing a roll into a pop-up cutter which obviously wasn't as graceful as the other luchadors do it and legit made me burst out laughing <laughs> uh, f- f- uh, yeah it would be it would probably be what i look like if i tried to do a roll into a 
it was <laughs> <laughs> it was not great. So um, props to him for trying it, but yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Um, Mox then did eat a, like a, a hella super kick right into the jaw of Penta. Like that was nuts. Um, we got big chops off, big chop offs. Uh, we got some sword and power driver, and uh, yeah, as you said, they pulled off Penta's mask. So to be fair, I I did really enjoy this match. I think if they hadn't have pulled Penta's mask off at the end, this probably would have hit my top spot. But. Okay. Fair. Yeah. This was, like I said, this was my number four. I did enjoy this. I gave it a seven out of 10 uh, in terms of a score after the match had ended. Um, I did see some rumors and some speculation that, so I, I think we can pretty much expect all in to be very heavy on whether it's a tag match, trios match, four corners match, right? There's going to be a lot of multi-man, multi-women matches on the show just to get as many faces in front of the UK crowd as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I did see that the working rumor right now is Claudio Mox and Wheeler Utah taking on Orange Cassidy, a returning Eddie Kingston, because the G1 Climax concluded over in Japan. Tetsuya Naito actually won. He okay. defeated uh, Kazuchika Okada in the finals of the G1 Climax tournament to win the entire thing. So Kingston technically is free again. He should be back on TV likely this week on Dynamite and Ramp or Dynamite or Collision or whichever one, well, probably Dynamite. Um, but he'll be back, so he'll probably get shoehorned right back into that storyline that he was a part of before he went to Japan to compete in that tournament. Mm-hmm. And the third person on the team with OC and Eddie Kingston is unknown. So that seems to be the match we're probably going to get for Wembley. Okay, so do you reckon we'll do an unknown as in, like, it's a mystery partner, or do you reckon we'll find out beforehand? Uh, I hope it's a mystery partner. Yeah? I hope they leave some sort of intrigue going into the show where... You don't quite know who it's going to be. That would be pretty cool. If I, if I had to pick, I'd guess it'd probably be like Ishii or something. Most but likely, yeah. If if it is Ishii, I'd rather they announce it first rather than uh, it be the mystery partner. But yeah, that'd be cool. I'd take that. Yeah, Ishii is used often in these types of roles for AEW, which to be fair, I mean, he's fantastic, so why not? Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves the Stone Pitbull. I'm sure he'd, I mean, he'd be over as hell in front of the UK crowd as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He could be the Stone Bulldog for a day, yeah. <laughs> perfect but yeah it was an enjoyable tag match it was it was but i really want to know what they're doing because everything we talk about it's all just rumors right like the matches unless the ones that are already confirmed but everything else is just speculation on what they're going to build to for all in because right now as it stands all in only has um five matches confirmed yeah roh tag title match aew tag title match women's title match coffin match mjf cole we only have five matches confirmed for all in so far yeah if we get a, a zero we need a uh, we probably need at least like seven more matches yeah so. we need though there should be two more for zero hour to have three total like they usually do mm-hmm. um and then i'm assuming you know, we we need to have at least nine, potentially ten matches on the main card. So that would be 13 total. So, yeah, we need at least seven or eight more matches. And we have potential, right? There's the, the Grado Jeff Jarrett stuff, mm-hmm. um, which we will talk about later, what I think could potentially happen. Um, but... 
Yeah, that could be a match, but that's also rumored to potentially be a multi-man match. Um, obviously, the Kenny Omega match. Omega Whatever. match, which is, again, supposed to be another multi-man trios match of some sort. Um, I have to assume that there will be another women's match besides just the Fatal 4-Way for the women's title, right? There should be at least one more women's match on the show, uh, hopefully for the TBS title or something like that, but I don't know. Yeah, TBS ladder match or something. Yeah. TNT titles probably won't be on all in since it's being on all out, but I guess it could be on both, but I don't know. Yeah, we still have a lot more matches that need to get confirmed. Yeah, we need that House of Black acclaimed match. House of Black should, should definitely, 100%, yeah, they need a match on on Wembley, so a lot of multi-man matches will be on that show. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, as long as it makes sense, I'm okay with it. As long as it makes sense. Ooh, so on to the last thing. On to the last you. thing, it's you. This is my number four. And it's my number seven. Horrific, horrific, you're your number seven. It's my number seven. How, how is this worse than the Mogul Embassy promo, man? <laughs> Dude, this, so I feel like Tony Khan right now is trying to stick it to Lufisto because she went on and like was talking about how Tony Khan doesn't care about women's wrestling and all this kind of stuff about how she was held back from being able to come into AEW. So we've had a stretch now of women's matches main eventing whether it be Dynamite or Rampage. And Anna Jay should not be anywhere near the main event. Like, I like her. I think she's growing and I think she's getting better over time. But this match still showed that Sheeta has to carry the match. And it felt very, very sloppy at times. It felt very <laughs> slow at times. And it felt no different than their previous two matches, unfortunately, even though there's been a significant amount of separation between the two of them. Um, I don't think this should have main evented. I think that Mox, Claudio, Lucha Bros should have main evented, or more realistically, Jack Perry and RVD should have main evented. Yeah, to be fair, if they'd have main evented, that would have made it very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't entirely hate this match, um, as it got number four. Um, I like 2.0 on the outside, shouting out, uh, but they were very entertaining. Um, Did they botch at the end? I don't quite understand what the fuck that, uh, Cool Hand End was trying to do. I can't say I know the business inside out, but I have never seen someone reach in and try and break up a pin and it not be because they were actually going to break up the pin. Um, it looked like he was trying to pull Anna Jay's arm underneath the rope so the referee would say that the arm's under the rope but but he did it right in front of the referee with the referee watching him yeah the referee continued to count which made me think okay either the ref botched or the ref saw that he didn't pull his hand but at which point the ref would have stopped counting and been like why are you interfering right um, yes yeah, so it, it, it did not look good it looked it looked bad. It I don't I don't get why they did that. Um, there was not a good ending to the match. No, and it was unfortunate for it being the main event that we had to get botched to end off Dynamite. Um, there was also another botch earlier where uh, she she had Anna Jay on her back and she tried to climb up the ropes. She managed to get like up one 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 rope one up. Rung. That was it. She got to the <laughs> bottom rope. <laughs> I think she got a foot on another rope higher, but Leah, yeah, she couldn't couldn't pull Anna Jay any higher, so she yeah, she just went backwards. Um, we did we did get some nice intergiris and some like spinning heel kicks and some chops and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so as I say, I didn't hate it, but I can see where your gripes come from. Yeah, I won't say that I hate. I mean, I gave it. It was my lowest score of the show. I gave it six out of ten. But that's still above average, right? Like it's not. I didn't give it like a three or a four or a two or anything like that. 
It's yeah, just but. on a dynamite that I thought was already losing steam throughout the show. The crowd was getting quieter and quieter. Um, this one was not nearly as exciting as dynamites have been previously, and especially coming off of Dynamite 200 the week before that. Um, this wasn't the right match to put on at the very end of the show. Anything else on the card would have been better in this spot. Yeah, fair, fair. So... But Sheeta retained, as we knew she would, and uh, they announced as this match was getting ready to take place, right, that at All In in Wembley, the women's title would be defended in a fatal four-way, and Tony Storm was getting a first-round bye, exercising her rematch clause, but Sheeta, the current champion, did not get a first-round bye, so she had to defeat Anna Jay to still go on to All In to defend the title, and then we found out the other two matches would be Soraya and Sky Blue which we will talk about when we get to Rampage. And then this Wednesday on Dynamite, we have Britt Baker and the Bunny as the final match to determine the four competitors, which I think all four of them should have been plainly obvious as soon as they revealed the graphic. Yeah, that's right. So no intrigue at all regarding the women's title going into All In. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. That being said, how did you score Dynamite as an overall? Uh, it just went with the three. That's where I'm going to end up as well. Three stars. <laughs> Three stars for me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully these final two dynamites before all in are better. I hope they it, are. To be, to be fair, AEW are the kings of like a two week build, one week build. So I'm sure, I'm sure next week we'll ramp up and we will get 90% of the all in card and probably 10% of the all out card as well. Yeah, that seems to probably be the case. Yep. Uh, jumping to Ring of Honor, which was taped at the Bon Seckers Wellness Arena in Greenville, South Carolina two weeks ago. We had a multitude of matches as we usually do every Thursday night for Ring of Honor now. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven matches total. Dalton Castle defeated Slim J to open the show. The Iron Savages defeated Lucky Ali and Brady Pierce. The Infantry's Carly Bravo and Sean Dean defeated Zicky Dice and Movie Mick. <laughs> Uh, Lee Moriarty defeated Andrew Everett, who we would see on Collision this week. Tony Nice defeated Pat Buck. Athena defeated Rachel Ellering in a proving ground match for the ROH women's title. Cool seeing Rachel Ellering on um, yeah, yeah. on Ring of Honor. Haven't seen her around in a little while, so that was kind of neat. We had the Gates of Agony, Bishop Khan and Toa Leonoa defeating the Work Horsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Okay. Layla Hirsch defeated Angelica Risk. Cole Carter defeated Rhett Titus. Billy Starks defeated Robin Renegade. Oh, okay. And in the main event, Shane Taylor defeated Gravity <laughs> to win the ROH World TV Title Eliminator Tournament. So it will be Shane Taylor taking on Samoa Joe at some point for the ROH TV title. That's fair. I don't I don't look up um, Ring of Honor results. I like to react to them as you tell me them on this podcast. But yeah, the uh, Gravity Shane Taylor one was the one I was most interested in hearing. I am, <laughs> I am glad the gravity didn't win that me too he shouldn't have won he already lost to Samoa Joe <laughs> but yeah I don't think this Ring of Honor weekly show is at all worth going back and checking out if you skipped it if you watched it it was enjoyable at times but if you skipped it there's nothing here that really you should go back and seek out this was one of those skippable weeks yeah that's fair it's cool that uh, Zicky Dice is there now he was in Impact uh, he lost to Johnny Swinger in a loser leaves Impact match which gave Johnny Swinger his first win uh, which I think in storyline reasons in storyline if if Swinger can get a win he can get a championship uh, title shot so now that he beat his best friend Zicky Dice Zicky Dice is gone Swinger can get a title shot 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, very funny. Johnny Swinger, dude, he needs to come back. He's part of ECW at one point. He could be part of your ECW 2.0 no. Yeah, yeah, he could be. <laughs> but yeah, that was Ring of Honor. And then we move on to Rampage this past Friday. Again, filmed after Dynamite, so the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio still. Crowd was not much better for Rampage since this was after, and they had already lost a bunch of steam. However, we had Darby Allen defeating Brian Cage to kick off the show, kind of building up toward, you know, what happened on Dynamite and then building up toward All In, of course, Brian Cage being part of the Mogul Embassy. We had Orange Cassidy defeat Johnny TV to retain the AEW international title. I was pulling for Johnny TV. I'm going to root for Orange Cassidy's opponents every single time he defends that title now. <laughs> so I was pulling for Johnny, even though I knew he wasn't going to win. His finisher is called the Superstation, which I fucking love. Yeah, nice. Playing into his, uh, his Johnny TV gimmick, even though he was just at... GCW this past show as well this past weekend where he went by the name of Johnny Game Changer. So that's a cool name, yeah. <laughs> just fucking, oh, you never know what he's gonna be called. He's always something different, and that's his gimmick. He doesn't know what his last name is. So uh quick well, not as quick as I thought it was gonna be, but quickest match on Rampage, two minutes fourteen seconds, Aussie Open defeated the Outrunners, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. I was so excited to see the Outrunners on Rampage. They are a, a very throwback uh, 1980s kind of Beverly Brothers type feel tag team to them. Yeah, uh, I but they them, yeah. they lean heavily into the synthwave retro wave style that I really much, you know, very appreciate. Even on the indie scene, they use Dance with the Dead as their entrance music, which is sick. Nice. And in the main event, Soraya defeated Sky Blue to move on Ooh. to Wembley. <laughs> Yeah, I knew, I knew it would happen. I was rooting for Sky. Blue. You were, yeah, I think we all were rooting for Sky for like the upset victory. Uh, yeah. Do something maybe different with Soraya as a as our potential other women's matches we talked about, right? Soraya maybe taking on Tony Storm or something like that. But um, that was clearly not to be the case because Tony Storm got a first round bye into the women's title match. So um, curious what they're going to do. Tony Storm on Rampage. Wasn't wearing shoes. She came out in a robe and two pairs of stockings. So she didn't have shoes on. And underneath her robe that you would eventually like she had her like ring shorts on or whatever. And right. then she had like a black and white bra top on. Uh, she is very much leaning into that like fallen movie star gimmick. Yeah. It's sick. I love it. So did she uh, Did she come out with Saraya? Yeah. She came out. Yeah. The outcast came out together. Ruby and Tony were okay. both at ring. Um. There were shenanigans. They did help her win. Uh, was kind of the reason that Sky Blue lost. So they they set that up in at least like you know Sky Blue actually looked good. She actually had a fighting chance, but she couldn't overcome the numbers. The numbers game. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. And while, while we're on Tony Storm, um, she did another very good promo on Collision. Um, I especially liked the the very end after she walked off. Uh, you just saw her she threw a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that was wicked. I will say Lexi's style choice on Collision was weird. She was wearing a tie that was just wrapped around her neck and draped over the left hand side. Okay, I didn't spot that, to be fair. Odd. Yeah, it wasn't a scarf she was wearing. It was legit like a, a men's tie okay. um, that she was wearing as a scarf, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, that promo again. And I hope they keep doing shit like that, because that is very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good work. Yeah. But that was Rampage. 
Um, nothing super exciting on this rampage like we've had the past couple rampages, which is usually what we get, right? Rampage is kind of strong for a few weeks, and then it'll slip into obscurity for a few weeks, and then it'll probably come back and they'll do something super cool on it again. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't a bad show. It's just yeah. not, you know, there wasn't a parking lot brawl or a battle royal or anything like that on this one, so. Yeah, I will say, I will say like, I'm not, uh, I'm not rooting for Brian Cage because um, he's not a fucking star, but it is a shame that, well, we've got Darby Allen and TLT, TNT title picture we're now also currently getting Darby Allen is going to run through the entire mogul embassy before we get to all in and that's a shame yeah it does seem to be the case yeah like yeah. we want the mogul embassy to be like powerhouses then it should be more than one strong person in that team it's not like oh you can beat all of Swerve's henchmen and then fight Swerve it should be nah they're a cohesive unit they're, they're strong on their individuals as well so right hey shout out to Zanku he just boosted the RP PG era discord server oh nice yeah i had my i was using my two boosts on it as well so now we have four boosts in the rpg era discord server thanks but we need three more and we'll be level two we could start hd streaming hd streaming yeah we need two three more boosts see your bc gold t-shirt in hd come boost us <laughs> come boost us. <laughs> that was a rampage shall we jump to collision Let's do it. Um, Collision what? was this past Saturday from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. The classic Greensboro Coliseum. It's been around for quite some time. Um, you and I sat down and ranked seven things again. So we will flip. I'll take the lows. You take the highs, right? Yeah. Number seven for me actually started out as an in-ring promo, then turned into a match. I went with Luchasaurus taking on Brock Anderson <laughs> for the TNT title as my number seven. Uh, I got this as number four. Okay. So, again, it started out as an in-ring segment with Christian Cage, as Nigel says on commentary, and Luchasaurus. But eventually, because they were in Greensboro, right, the classic horseman country, of course, Arn Anderson had to make an appearance and uh, came out there with Brock, his son. Um, Brock ended up in a TNT title match after Arn basically talked Christian into it. And this match was not good. Um, I feel like it should have been a squash almost, but it wasn't. I don't have an exact time limit because the website I use for timestamps doesn't have any updates on Collision yet in terms of timestamps. But uh, it went over five minutes. I, I can definitely say there was a picture in picture, right? Mm -hmm. So the match definitely went over five minutes. Um, it wasn't competitive, though. Brock kind of got his ass kicked for the entire match. It made Luchasaurus look dominant and strong, but... I don't know that this match was needed, especially because Luchasaurus is a secondary player in this storyline. Yeah, he's the actual TNT champion, but everyone talks about Christian. And even on, like, I love when Nigel says Christian Cage, the TNT champion, and then waits like three seconds. Maker. <laughs> I always enjoy that. Um but this this match didn't do anything for me at all. I'm not a Brock Anderson fan. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like that Christian claimed he was better than Ric Flair. I, I'm not sure I agree with him there. That's a, that's a tall mountain to get above. Yeah, he, like in ring and even on the mic, I don't know that I could agree with Christian there. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. He did say Darby Allen was, what, 50% dead inside, and now he's going to make him 100% dead inside, basically. Uh, I will call out on saying dumb shit. Uh, he's still on the ramp. He was like, I'm not Darby Allen. But yeah, no shit, you're not. Darby Allen. Um, no shit, you're not Darby Allen. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know that. Um, yeah, and then it's it's just weird for Brock to got the open challenge, and as you said, it wasn't a squash match, but it was like an elongated squash match. Like he ate a big boot. He did try and come back with some piss poor jabs. To be fair, um, I will call like when he got uh, when he got choke slam, he got up, and then he just like straightened his body out like a log. Um, so then when he fell, he like fell flat. That was very funny to see. Um, but yeah, this is dumb. This does nothing for Arn. Makes Arn look stupid and makes Brock look stupid as well. I agree. Um, I agree. And he was like, oh, yeah, so now if I'm Arn's... terrified to see what you gave your five, six, and seven, if you think this was stupid and you gave me your number four. <laughs> But that's it. There were there were still bits I find funny. Like I find Brock straightening his body while taking the choke slam. Um, it basically felt like a log. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> Arn saying he's not Darby Allen. That was funny. And then Darby attacked afterwards. Um, and a, a ridiculous line. He was like, "Luchasaurus, you've been on this earth for like sixty five billion years. Have yeah. you ever had a skateboard shoved up your ass?" And it was like. Okay, that's just fucking weird, but... But first of all, he said 65 billion years. Yeah, yeah. The universe is only 14 billion years old. (laughs) He meant 65 million years. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Darby doesn't even know his fucking history. But yeah, skateboards haven't even been around for 1 million years, mate, so regardless. But yeah, have you ever shoved a skateboard up your ass? No. Um, And I mean... If he would have answered yes, would that mean that Luchasaurus, for fun, likes to put skateboards up his ass? Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just weird, yeah. But we are getting out of this a Darby-Christian match soon, um, next week, this week, on Collision. <clears throat> yeah, but great Darby's going to run through the Mogul Embassy, and he's going to run through Christian Cage. No, I hope Christian wins. Christian's going to win that match. Oh, to be, to be fair, we we got, they called the, they put the match on a graphic, and I went, ah, this will be a DQ finish. This should be a DQ finish. I hope so. Something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what'd you put number one? Number one, I think, was the only thing that should have got number one on this. Uh, yeah. That's going to have to be the main event, isn't it? So, yeah, I agree. First House of Black. That's my number one as well for the trio's titles. Yeah. Good old JR back on commentary. He was. It was nice to see him right there. Um, so there is like a long-standing tradition that in a title match, the champion comes out second. The challenger comes out first. The champions come out second. Now, I know FTR are tag team champions and CM Punk is fake champion. The real world champion. Come on now. He's a fake champion. Real um, world champion. But then House of Black are the trio's champions and this match was for the trio's titles. So House of Black should have come out second. I had a little bit of a gripe with that. I I'm had guessing. a little bit of a gripe that the House of Black got a glorified jobber entrance. They came, they started to come out and then they cut to commercial. Yeah, fair, fair. That upset me quite a bit. Yeah, obviously Punk and FTR, they want bigger entrance, don't they? They want a second entrance, so they fucking got it. Um, I liked at the beginning of the match that Punk couldn't keep up with Buddy. He did a bunch of like shoulder, shoulder barges and then Buddy was just like brushing them off. So he hey, shout out and congrats to Buddy and Rhea, by the way. They got engaged this yeah, past yeah, week. Yeah, they did. You know, stop that Dom stuff because, yeah, Buddy put a ring on it. That's obviously not. Yeah, so she's not going that way. Uh, we got some huge chops. I mean, granted, who would King. you choose, Dominic Mysterio or Buddy Matthews? Come on now. If I had to choose, yeah, yeah, I'd go Buddy Matthews. Yeah, I mean, he's a better looking dude and way better See, body. But, yeah, he's actually a man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we got some hella big chops from uh, Brody King. Um, I like Malachi and Punk's face off getting a big, big reaction from the crowd. Dude, that's gotta be a main 
feud for that quote unquote real world title at some point, right? Malachi should be one of your focal point and he he has been, but he should be one of your top guys on collision because he only wants to be on collision. He looked so fucking cool this past Saturday, dude. Like yeah. the the gray ashy because he covered his entire face in that like gray ashy corpse paint. And had just a little bit of black. Dude, he looked so fucking cool. He did, yeah. And Brody yeah, was, King looked more like a demon than he ever has. <laughs> Brody King looks awesome, to be fair. But yeah, I, I said it last week that I hope this leads into Malachi getting um, into the top tier. And we get a Malachi Punk sort of uh, feud. Hopefully Malachi wins that. Yeah, I hope we so, got too. A, got a little breakdown afterwards. Everyone got, like, thrown into the barricade. All got outside. Um, we get, we're getting nods to Hogan with, like, the ear thing and the leg drop. And I don't, what, I don't know why. Um, Hogan's not the greatest a person so i don't know why they'd be um it's because he's a very controversial person so cm punk is just playing it up and granted even i think it was cash wheeler that did the the ear movement during this match and then the hit the rope and dropped the leg as well Um, yes i think uh punk punk doing the motion got a little bit of a pop from the crowd and then cash did it and there wasn't really much of a No. Shout out to CM Punk though. He always has some sort of timely shirt on. Mm -hmm. He was wearing a SAG after shirt this past Saturday, which is for the Screen Actors Guild that's currently on strike. So I like him. I like him showing support to those guys that are, you know, working for better wages. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, We did get a very nice, uh, really fast DDT from Dax. That was cool. Uh, There was a bit where all the House of Black got thrown out of the ring, and the body was the last one to be thrown out. he looked like he fucking need um, Brody in the head when he came over. That looked pretty painful. To get Brody did eat a big double suplex and then uh, an elbow from Punk. Um, I thought that was almost the end of the match, but yeah, luckily it wasn't. And then we've all got to say thank you, Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe came in and saved us. Right, saved us from having new trios champions. Yeah, um, and then yeah, Dax ate the pin off a of lariat. He did. Brody King with that massive lariat. Yep. Yeah, About not decapitated Dax. I know. Um, but that did, right, because we haven't talked about it yet, but there was something earlier on where Samoa Joe basically told Punk he was going to, he hadn't gotten an answer yet from his challenge last week, and he told him he'd give him a week, and otherwise he would take it into his own hands and force it. So that's exactly what he did. He choked yeah, Punk yeah. out in the crowd. And it reminded me a lot of, if you were you watching WWF back in the day, like in the mid-90s? Maybe late 90s? Uh, Probably not, no, but I might know what you're referencing. What they, what that spot reminded me of with Punk leaning against the barricade and then Joe popping up and choking him out <laughs> reminded me a lot of what China did to Terry Reynolds back during Triple uh, okay. H and Gold Dust's feud back in the day. Uh, fair. Yeah, no, I wasn't, wasn't watching then, but that's fair, yeah. But you and I were hoping something like that would happen in this match, right? That would still kind of keep the titles on the House of Black, and it did. So yeah, I was I was calling for either Samoa Joe or Ricky Starks, but yeah, thank you, Joe. Yep, thank you, Joe. Now we're definitely gonna get Joe and Punk at Wembley. So yeah, uh, number six for me actually was right before that was the in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone and Powerhouse Hobbs. That's fair. That's number six for me. Okay, so I was hoping we would get something cool out of this. And when uh, Hobbs comes out, right, starts talking to Shivani, calls out the Redeemer. He's like, I need to, you know, if I want to make a stand or a statement or something like that, I need to call out the Redeemer. So Miro, get your ass out here or something like that. 
Miro starts coming down to the ring, but gets sneak attacked from behind by Aaron Solo and Nicky Boy, Nick Camarado, which didn't make any goddamn sense because Nick Camarado is not part of QTV, unless he is again now. Um, yeah, so I think QTV is basically just the factory again. Isn't it? Pretty much. It's basically just the factory once again. Um, and they roll... Miro into the ring. Hobbs is like, well, whatever, I guess I'll take advantage after Miro decked uh, Solo and Camarado like he fought his way back a little bit. But then Hobbs hit the massive spine buster and dropped his book of Hobbs onto Miro's chest and walked out. So all in or all out? I'm thinking all out for this match. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all out. Um, Though I would think the Wembley crowd would appreciate seeing Miro. Oh, yeah, they pop hard for Miro. So it could be there, especially because you and I just talked about earlier, right? We still need, like, seven additional matches. Yeah, I think if these two got a match, like, it wouldn't go any longer than, like, nine minutes. It's just two big men slapping meat in it. Ooh, yeah. Slapping their meat. Hell yeah. yeah. So my notes for this literally say chapter one, violence. Chapter two, violence. Chapter three, violence. Chapter four, redemption. <laughs> Fair, that's as much of the book of Hobbes as we currently know. <laughs> Fair. I want to know what's in that book. I want to see it. It better not just be a bunch of blank pages. Yeah. It's I hope next like week. Moby Dick with just a different cover or something like that. <laughs> Moby Hobbes. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope next week we get a promo and it's uh, it's Miro being like, I've been reading your book. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> you know, you left me your book. So yeah, I read yeah. through it and uh, this is pure shit. <laughs> <laughs> rips it up or something. Yeah, that'd be entertaining. But it will be a fun match. I think Hobbs, obviously, you know, massive turnaround over the past few years for that guy. He's he is fucking insane looking now. So built, mm-hmm. so jacked. Miro, of course, needs something because he just has been doing squash matches. This at least puts him in a storyline feud that I'm actually glad to see. At least it gives it's not, you know, a marquee storyline, but it's something. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Back to you. Um, so this is kind of like where we fall off. Like the the main event was good. Everything else on ramp on collision was okay. There was still one other thing that I thought was pretty strong, and it's my number two, but it might not be your number two. So my number two and my number three were like okay to good, and then number four, five, six, and seven were all very meh for me. But uh, number two, I went with the acclaimed versus the Iron Savages. Okay, I had that at number four. Okay. Uh- I was super surprised that this was not actually a squash match. I was thinking it was going to be, but I got to tell you, man, Iron Savages had a great showing. They did. This was very fun. Yeah. Um, they they yeah. made it look like they could be a legit tag team in the AEW tag division now that they have multiple hours. like Because, you know, they've been kind of building themselves back up in Ring of Honor with Jack Jameson and their new gimmick and from not being Bear Country anymore. Um, I like how cocky and stupid they are with their, you know, posing and flexing and all that kind of stuff. They're still real impressive. Like they're big guy. Well, Boulder's big, uh, Bronson, not so much, but, um, I thought they looked good and I'm shocked that they actually had a decent amount of offense. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They got a nice, like, um, he was holding both men. They Boulder. Beef- yeah. They call him Beef Boulder now or something. Beef, I think, yeah, Beefcake or something. I don't know what the fuck. I have no idea. Yeah, but that that one, he had uh, one on the back, one on the front, and we did like an overhead slam slash Samoan drop sort of thing. That was cool. Um, 
I can't remember what it's called now. It's not a flapjack, but it's essentially like a flapjack. Uh, Bowen's ate like a huge flapjack. Oh, he flew. Yeah, yeah, right up in the air. And then we did get like a nice double choke slam. Um, and then it ended with a double fame asses. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very entertaining match to be fair. Um, I also like that Iron Savages, I think it was Boulder once again, uh, so the bigger one, right? He did what they called Pity City in the corner, which is kind of rubbing his armpit into the face of your opponent, which was a nice fucking throwback to the Nasty Boys, dude. Yeah, Haven't seen anyone do that since. That's fair, that's fair. I thought that was cool. Yeah. But, but still no daddy ass. No, afterwards they got on the mic, um, yeah, and they started saying, we're like, oh, we're the best two-man two man tag team um, in the division. And then they were like, we got to say goodbye to Billy, but no one else got to say goodbye, so everyone say goodbye to Billy. It was kind of like, mm, I don't, I didn't know that. I don't know if my, my prediction of a storyline is actually true now, making me second-guess myself, but that's how it's meant to go, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they're not, I mean, they've already lost to the House of Black twice, right? So they can't do House of Black v. Acclaimed and Daddy Ass at All In, even though it would get a massive reception. Um, But they would lose because the House of Black shouldn't lose to them. But I feel like maybe they hold off on bringing Daddy Ass back until the House of Black does drop the trio's titles to another team, and then the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass can go after them again. So we we might be waiting a while to see Billy Gunn once again. Or maybe we never see him again at all. Maybe he actually is done. Yeah, and that's weird. As we said, when it it first happened, it's weird to do it like a week, a couple of weeks before All In and all that. You could have saved that for a big pop on a big debut. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Cool. Back to you. Back to me. I am on the lows. So number, did my seven, did my six. Number five for me is Samoa Joe taking on Andrew Everett. Ah, that's my number seven. Okay. Okay. Fair. Kind of think you did something similar last week, right? You had this Joe squash pretty low. Yeah, Um, yeah, I did. Because it is a squash. Now, I will say, however... Andrew Everett is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was wearing an Andre the Giant singlet. He claims to be seven foot four, yet he is shorter than Samoa Joe. And uh, I think the the website I used to watch through, because I like to watch the fight feed, um, people were calling him Andrew the Giant, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Love, that's cool. um, this was another quick squash, but it was a fun display between Joe and Andrew Everett. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, Joe eventually pick up the win with the uh, Coquina Clutch and then gets on the mic, right? And that's what we were talking about earlier. Said that, um, you know, he told CM Punk last week that he wanted to challenge him at All In and was waiting for an answer, but hasn't heard a damn thing since. So he was going to take matters into his own hands. And that's what he did during the main event. Joe on the mic, again, was absolute fire. But the match itself was to get Joe on the mic. Yeah, Joe was always good on the mic. Um, yeah, it was nice to see Andrew Everett do... He did, like, a springboard and then landed, because Joe did his standard, like, move out of the way. He landed and then did a flip, uh, which then led into Joe doing a big old lariat and then put the kid catch on. Um, I want to see more Andrew Everett. I mean, we just saw him this past week on Ring of Honor as well. Um, I, I think he could be a cool, fun comedy... Man, we have a lot of comedy characters, but he does fill that role kind of nice, too. And it switches it up, right? It, it makes it so you're not seeing the same thing all the time. Yeah, I sort of much like with Gravity the previous week, like I would have liked to see more of an offense and more of a fight here. Like if we are going to feed Joe what is essentially enhancement talent, don't make it talent that could be used better. You get me? He's like, uh, I've, uh, I'm familiar with Andrew Ever. He's been on the scene for a while. Has he ever been an impact? I feel like that's a, I feel like he's been. Yeah, an impact yeah. Before. I'm I pretty thought sure so. he has been. 
impact. Um, I don't think he dealt for like a very long time, but yeah, I definitely think he's been in there. So yeah, it would have it would have been nicer for a better showing from him. Yeah, agreed. We got two things left. My number three and my number two. Um, my number three and my number five. We're back to you. Okay, so number three for me is going to be Aliens and Smiles versus Diamante and Martinez. Aliens <laughs> and Smiles. That's my number three. Yeah, that's what that's what they called him on the way to the ring. Like here comes aliens and smiles. I think one of the comments she said, and then apparently when they got into the ring, they were like, "Oh, they're calling themselves." Is it Saturday Nightingale or something on Twitter? Saturday Nightingale, yeah. Yeah, like no, aliens and smiles is definitely better. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like this match. I thought my um, Diamante did really well in this match. She's gotten good, man. She's gotten yeah. good. Way better than what she was when we first saw her break into AEW. Like, she's definitely improved quite a bit over the years. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There was a weird little tie-up spot where they tied, like, Willow's um, hands underneath her legs. And she had her, like, arse up in the air. Then they posed <laughs> posed either side of her butt. And then they both did trouble, d- double drop kicks to the butt. That was fucking weird. Um, I will cool shout out. Yeah, yeah. I will shout out. I loved um, Diamante getting a razor's edge to the outside onto the other two and while in the razor's head position was flipping off the crowd um, yeah. I, I thought that was fucking awesome um, <sighs> there was a, a spot with a suplex from Martinez to Willow where Willow barely got over Martinez like that looked like a bit of a struggle um, and then it ended with a roll up another roll up baby yeah I think it's the all going to end up with roll ups on me to be fair if I forget how a match ended I'd probably just guess it ended in a roll up um, you'd probably be you have a 90% chance of being right too yeah yeah um so yeah, it, it was a roll-up, but then Diamante put her feet on Martinez's back, um, which is not something I'd seen before. Yeah, a little know. bit of leverage, so that way Willow couldn't kick out. And damn, you called her eating the pin, which made me sad. I hate when you're right. Yeah, yeah, I am right quite a bit. Though. Yeah, but not not usually. Like, <laughs> you're wrong more than you're right. Yeah, but if you if you throw shit at the wall and 10% of the shit sticks, if you're constantly throwing shit, then it looks like a lot of shit stuck. So <laughs> that's how I do it. I just, I just say a bunch of rubbish and then, yeah, I get at least two or three times, two or three things right every week. So but yeah, this was, uh, I thought this was better than what we had last week from the girls. So that was at least nice to see. And does give me hope that maybe this storyline will spill into All In to get another women's match on Wembley Stadium. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just don't know what it would be. Unless it's another... Fuck, don't give me two Fatal 4-Ways for the women's titles. So I don't think... I think think probably a a ladder match would probably do it. I think... uh, Yeah, and put like three additional girls in there. That would be sick. Let's let's get Sky Blue in there. Sky Um, Blue. um, Who's a UK wrestler, women's wrestler that we could put in there that uh, isn't in there at the moment um is deep, is deep from the uk or is she not wrestling anymore i don't know what's going on with her to be fair serena deeb is from virginia oh, okay um Obviously, we can't. They did confirm that Jamie Hayter and Pac would be missing all in. They won't be on the show. Um, but it would be nice to see, like, I don't know, Maki Ito. I think she'd get a big pop in the UK crowd over there. Yeah. Um, obviously, Thunder Rosa is a possibility to make an appearance before the show. She's pretty much seems like set to return. So she did a thing on Twitter with Doc Samson, and they were like, "So Doc, how long till I can come back to the come back to the ring?" And he was like, "This." week you're gonna have like a five minute tryout match before the show starts and if you're good there then it should only be like a couple of weeks till you return so yeah we're probably either getting her back just before all in or just all out but i thought 
So maybe we do the four, right? So Statlander, Willow, Mercedes, Diamante, Sky Blue, Thunder Rosa. That's six. Athena? Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Yeah, put Athena on the card. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. I think that would be a sloppy as fuck ladder match, but it might have some entertaining spots. <laughs> yeah. So someone would probably get seriously injured during that match. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Yeah, someone would, wouldn't they? But... Biggest spot would probably go to Sky Blue if she's in the match. I feel like she would take the biggest spot or the biggest risk. Yeah, that's fair. She'd probably get sandbagged by Thunder Rosa off the top of the uh, ladder, wouldn't she? <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Back to her old ways. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Hopefully they do something, though. It would be nice to have a ladder match at, at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. I know we've only got five matches confirmed so far, but there is not enough stippies for me. So Yeah, there needs to be more. Uh, otherwise, because, I mean, if anything, that would be Orange Cassidy's, again, rumored to be tied up in the, the BCC match. So we know the international title won't be on the line in the ladder match. Um, so the only other match or title that could potentially go for a ladder match, if it's not the TBS title, would be the TNT title. Yeah, and that's not happening. No, shouldn't happen anyway, but shit, you never know. Unless they put a Ring of Honor title, but even still, Joe's going to be tied up with CM Punk, um... Claudio's tied up. Claudio's tied up in the BCC thing, but there is the pure title. You do a pure title ladder match? I don't think they could. What about the FTW title? Yeah, Jack Perry. Versus... Jack Perry against a bunch, like six other guys from ECW. Yeah, so. <laughs> Fucking there we go. Rob Van Dam, Sabu, uh, Johnny Swinger. <laughs> I don't know who else. I don't know who's still active. But fucking Taz in a match. I don't know who's fucking wrestling and still active with... Uh... From, from the back in the day. The Sandman, bring him back. Mm-hmm. He's still around, right? I don't think he can go anymore, but he's still around. Yeah, obviously Dreamer and Bully Ray, but they're both in Impact, but you know, TK could pay the money for one night, one night only. He could, he could. That would be enjoyable, to be fair, especially because Jack Perry would somehow still win. Yeah, he would. He'd get beaten down. He'd be, he'd be the biggest squeaker win ever. Yeah, that'd be hilarious, actually. Uh, all right, one thing left. It is my number two. It's my number five. And that was the opening to Collision, the in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone and... And Ricky Starks. Here we found out that uh, Absolute has been suspended for 30 days from in-ring competition due to his actions at the end of Collision last week where he beat the shit out of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, but he's not suspended like entirely. He's just suspended from in-ring competition. So he said he went and got a manager's license and is still going to be around, which I think is hilarious. Uh, super fucking hilarious loophole. But um, the reason I put this at number two is that was such a fire promo, dude. It was good. It was a very good promo. Very good promo. Like, where is this going? I'm, I'm in. Inve- I want to know. Obviously, thirty days takes him out of competition at both all in and all out which i think is a terrible decision mm-hmm. and i want to know why they did that but once he comes back from this quote-unquote suspension is he going straight back for cm punk because it kind of sounds like he wants to yeah he said um i don't think he said cm punk's name but yeah he might have done actually um but yeah he said he's bringing a war so like he's that he's bringing the fight like whoever he's got um they're gonna go after punk and probably yeah he was he center. was channeling his inner scott hall there you want a war chico type yeah, of a thing yeah. but he didn't say chico should have though. Uh, yeah, so it makes me think who's it gonna be? Who who's who's gonna manage? Um Samoa Joe. It could be Samoa Joe's manager. Mm. I don't know if Joe would want him by his side. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking, trying to think like the storyline to keep CM Punk involved. Then that's obviously going to be the match at All In. Or does he manage anybody? Maybe he just got the manager's license so he could be around, but he doesn't necessarily manage anybody. Fair. I think that would be the the least entertaining thing. It'd just be him floating around. Yeah. Um, And obviously we did speculate him when he won the Owen Hart tournament, when he was going to win the Owen Hart tournament, did he join Bullet Club Gold? I don't know whether he could manage Bullet Club Gold, because as you said, if he was champion and is in the Scott Hall, that's NWO. Yeah, that's true. Closest replica to NWO is Bullet Club. Shit, you're right. So if if this is how Ricky gets fucking four guys on his side because they've already got beef with CM Punk haven't they Um, they do the rumor right now is Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page and Kota Ibushi taking on Takeshita Jay White and Juice at All In Okay. That's the rumor right now. And I guess we're going to find out this Wednesday night, but that's the rumor. So who knows? Who knows? But I did think Ricky Starks was fire. Good way to open the show. It definitely caught my attention immediately. And I got to say, man, I love how Collision opens more so than how Dynamite opens. Fair with a little like promos before. Yeah, the, it's uh... so late 80s, early 90s. I fucking <laughs> love it, man. <laughs> they always have guys that are going to be or girls featured on that episode of Collision, right? Talking about either things that already have happened or things that are happening that week and then they cut to the do 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 Saturday right Elton John kicks in and then they do the yeah, opening yeah. I do, it's such a better opening than than dynamite <laughs> I love it I love it that being said collision wasn't amazing it was passable and ooh passable. I'm going to stay three stars. Yeah, three stars is exactly what I got. The main event yeah. was good. Um, we, we lucked out with the outcome of that one. Um, and then there were two, the Acclaim match and the um, Martinez match were pretty good. Um, and the rest of it was, the rest of it was promos. There were like four promos here. There were. Yeah, AEW this past week was very heavy on video packages, promos, and backstage segments. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is fun sometimes, but I feel like this week did not follow up appropriately last week's amazing Dynamite and pretty good collision last week, too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So... But that is Collision, which means we need to look forward before we get on out of here to what's taking place this week on Dynamite and Rampage. It is Fight for the Fallen week, so Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision are all subtitled Fight for the Fallen, which this year I think is super cool because they are going to be donating all proceeds from all three events to the Maui Food Bank because of what happened over in Hawaii this past week, right? That wildfire that has now claimed, I think the the death toll is near or over a hundred at this point, which makes Yikes. it the deadliest wildfire in U.S. history in quite some time, if not ever. Um, that sucks. Yeah, it's super sad, super devastating to see like the before and after photos of some of the towns that just got completely wiped off the map. Um, little, no warning, man, like from what happened there in Maui, from what I understand, right? The, the storm just broke out and literally engulfed that one town that was 100% wiped out. Like every building in that town on the seaside or right by the ocean got completely taken out. People were having to like jump into the ocean to escape, which is insane. Like it looked like a fucking apocalypse from some of the videos and shit I was watching that was going on in Maui. Like it's heartbreaking. So yeah, it's very difficult to see. It's cool so, that AEW is kind of, you know, donating a shitload of money to the food bank to help those that did survive and to, t- you know, kind of help them rebuild a little bit too. So, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we have a lot of things on Dynamite, dude. We have two, four, six, eight things already confirmed for this Wednesday night. This might be the most we've ever had going into a Dynamite that we already know about. So, and this should be the entire show at this point. We have the final match to determine the fourth competitor for the AEW Women's Title for, uh, Fatal 4-Way at All In as Britt Baker takes on and should defeat the bunny who is coming back from injury. But um, there's no way Britt loses that match, right? She's going to be in a marquee match at all in because she's got to be there. Yep. The entire UK crowd has to scream that. So, you know, she's going to be there. It'll be cool to see the bunny back. I hopefully, uh, I hope she does well since she's been out for, I think since the beginning of the year with her injury. So kind of nice seeing her come back. The international title will be on the line as Orange Cassidy defends against Wheeler, Utah. Got to root for Utah this week. Hopefully he wins. Like to see Orange Cassidy drop that title sometime. We will hear from MJF and Adam Cole once again as they promote their main event match at All In. So I can't imagine it'll be too much different than what we had this past week on Dynamite. There will be tag team action as the Guns take on the Young Bucks, which potentially is setting up that match we just talked about, right? Omega, Takeshita, Ibushi taking on Jay White, Juice Robinson, and uh, Takeshita. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this tag match could be the catalyst that kicks that off because it's the elite taking on BC Gold. Yeah. Um, Don't we will have to a gun club, a gunfight. Yeah, I know. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Fucking nice line. There will be a sit-down interview with Kenny Omega and Jim Ross, where we should find out what Omega's plans are for All In. Chris Jericho will give his answer to Don Callis about joining the Don Callis family. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne take on the Gates of Agony, which could be a good match, but you're right. Darby's just running through the Mogul Embassy right now on his way to uh, Swerve and AR Fox for All In. So that's what this is. And then the match that I think I'm most anticipating at Dynamite this week is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> death match. <laughs> As Jeff Jarrett takes on Jeff Hardy. And this is being touted as promotional material for the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which Sean and I are very much looking forward to that releases this Friday, uh, August 18th. Fair, fair. Like, um, Jeff, Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett. I don't know why there's beef there. I don't know why this match got lumped together. But uh, did you say Leatherface going to be there? Leatherface? Jeff uh, Jeff Jarrett said that Leatherface would be making an appearance. Now, this is not in Texas. This is at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so it's kind of funny that they're calling it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match. However, what if Leatherface is Grado? Yeah, I was going to say there's, there's three people I want Leatherface to be. There's well, there's one person who I, I'd fucking love it to be. We're going to have Sanjay Dutt. That'd be very funny. <laughs> Satnam Singh as Leatherface. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but my gosh, if someone comes down with a chainsaw, uh, scares the crap out of Jeff Jarrett and then pulls the pulls his mask off and goes, it's your cell, and it's fucking great. I'm going to lose my shit. I honestly hope I hope it's Grado. I really do. You've convinced me that I think Grado would get the absolute biggest pop at this pay-per-view if he's there. Um, and I want it to happen, dude. I want it to happen in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. I love Grado, right? And they need to set it up. Like it can't just be confirmed, right? So bringing him in, flying him over, and setting it up this way. Would be the perfect way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Would be the perfect way to do it. So I hope it happens. That would be sick. But that's what we know about for Dynamite. We have nothing confirmed for Rampage Fight for the Fallen this Friday night. And then Saturday night, Collision Fight for the Fallen, which will be taking place at the Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. 
You know, Sean Rothsap will be there. Uh, he lives in Cincinnati, so he will <laughs> definitely. In in Lexington, Kentucky, is basically the same thing as Cincinnati, Ohio. They literally are just separated by the Ohio River. So the Ohio side is Cincinnati. The uh, Kentucky side is Lexington. Um, so it's basically yeah. one one giant ass city. But uh, we have two matches confirmed. Willow Nightingale taking on Diamante and Darby Allen taking on Christian Cage. Fair. So Willow's probably going to get her win back here. Um, yeah, and I hope that Christian Cage match ends up in a DQ. I hope so too. Interesting to note, next week um, on Dynamite for the 23rd, Dynamite and Collision are being taped in the same show. Or the same night okay so august 23rd is dynamite followed by collision from the gas south arena in duluth georgia which means they also have to tape ring of honor and rampage as well in one night <laughs> that's yeah. a long ass show unless they double up somehow maybe they tape two rounds of ring of honor this week so that way they don't have to do that and maybe they'll just skip rampage that week because everyone after wednesday everyone will be flying over to the UK because All In is that Sunday. So they yeah. won't have time to do Collision live. on. And what they should have done is done Collision from the UK as well, to be fair. Fair, fair, yeah. But then that would negate people like buying tickets for All In if they That's had a true. second option. Yeah. That's true. Um, I, I very much suspect maybe we get then, we get Dynamite, we get Collision, uh, Ring of Honor might be previously taped matches that haven't been used. And then uh, Rampage could just be like a best of fight for the Fallen matches. Best of or maybe a preview show for All In or something like that. Could yeah, be. yeah. Yeah, that's possible. That's actually real possible. Okay. But that's what we know coming up this week, and that'll about bring us to the close of the show. But before we get out of here, we still have to do two more things. The first one, let me grab our mallet here so we can hit the gong. We got to do the burial grounds. Of last week, I sent Serpentico down and brought Tony Storm up. This week, it falls to you. What are we going with? So this this week, I'm going to double up. Um, so we got two people going up, and we got two people to go and down. But don't worry, they're they're both connected. So uh, this week, going down is going to be Arn Anderson and brock anderson <laughs> for the abysmal display and the dumb yeah coming out to challenge luchasaurus and not because they weren't darby allen i'm not yeah. darby allen of course he's not. not darby allen um and then going up because they've been on the rise for the past few weeks it's going to be mercedes martinez and diamante fair okay i'm liking them more and more too. i think that's a solid uh solid burial ground technically cheated you put four people in there i did but <laughs> Bro brock, brock and on were together and then diamante and martinez are realistically like a tag team at the moment, yeah they're tied so. together right now yeah that's fair i respect it i think that's a good one yeah thank you we'll go with that that's your burial ground this week arn and brock on the way down, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante on the way up. Hopefully into a uh, TBS title ladder match at All In. Yeah, to Hopefully. be fair, to be Hopefully. fair. But I think now as we, uh, we haven't gotten long, but we've hit about the normal that we usually do for the show. Should bring us to the close unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here. No, I'm good. All right. Well, we do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers. In all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whatever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the show is, of course, going to be theme song of the week. Last week I went with, and it's still up. Didn't get in trouble. <laughs> Walk by Pantera, Rob Van Dam's AEW and ECW entrance music. This week, Seb, the honor falls to you. What are we going with? 
so this week uh i'm just gonna go with uh simply the people i put i put up in the burial ground so i would like to give it this week to mercedes martinez all right we will run with that mercedes martinez her theme is officially titled og badass it looks like it was written and done by a gentleman by the name of john kiernan who actually composed this track it wasn't mikey ruckus so og badass we will close out with that mercedes martinez is aew and Entrance theme. Now hit the music. Mm-hmm. 